Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, September 22, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's the first thing that we're going to do? The first thing is we're going to talk about what jumps off the page at us based on the daily chart. That's first and foremost. So the first order of business is the follow-through day we had from the low that was made yesterday. Yesterday turns out to be a reversal day from the zone. We talked about the zone before the fact. They traded into the zone. They reversed, finished positive on the day yesterday, and had follow-through today. That's bullish behavior by definition, period, full stop. Another thing that jumps off the page on the daily chart is the fact that today they did reach and fill the gap left open from Friday's close. The gap on the daily chart happens to be 330.65. An intraday chart might have been a couple of pennies more. Either way, they fill the gap, backed off at the end of the day, finished below the gap. That's not necessarily bearish. Filling the gap is garden variety market behavior. What we'll also see later on when we take a gander inside the numbers is that the gap essentially was a destination. Whether it was going to be later today or was going to be into Wednesday morning, the gap was certainly a destination as the day wore on, the writing was on the wall, you know the rest of the story. Another question and another thing that really jumps off the page, which is a question that needs to be answered is, is the market out of the woods? Are they just going to continue higher? And this was a corrective leg, and here comes another leg higher, potentially even to new highs. Is that the case? We cannot say that's the case just yet. The market is no way, shape, or form out of the woods. Assuming they can get above the gap on Wednesday morning, begin closing hourly above the gap, and maybe, just maybe, and we see this all the time, maybe they open above the gap, meaning they gap above the gap, and they keep going a little bit. Where is the next spot of, quote-unquote, overhead resistance above the gap? It's at 333.50 up to 335. In that zone will be another set or series of overhead resistance. You have a number of things up in that zone. A, you have a breakdown candle high. B, you have a 50 period moving average. C, you have the bottom end of the last or most recent breakdown area. The market consolidated or eight time off the clock in this zone. Then it broke down out of this zone coming back up to retest the former breakdown area is what? Repeat after me. Garden variety market behavior. Question. Can they get into this zone and fill this gap all the way up here? And the answer is anything can happen one step at a time, one candle at a time, one day at a time, one hourly candle at a time. Let's go right to inside the numbers. Right out of the chute, it's Turnaround Tuesday. What does that mean? We can expect a turnaround from whatever happened Monday. Sounds like a cliche, sounds like a bunch of bunk, but guess what? You see it here every week, and almost every single Tuesday happens to be a turnaround from Monday, at least at some point during the day. So therefore, it is Turnaround Tuesday. I didn't coin the phrase, I'm just using the phrase. 
Also, right out of the chute, it's a little wake-up green, so they're poised for that dead cat bounce. So we're on top of the dead cat bounce scenario early in the morning. This is right around 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The downside is rather simple. There's plenty of support in the zone from yesterday. A la, a garden variety retracement is normal, and yes, garden variety market behavior. Also, 6.30 a.m., how about the north side of things? What will the bulls be trying to achieve? The only thing of substance above current price is the gap left open from Friday, 3.30.65, also intraday 3.30.67, which you'll also see repeated over and over again as we scroll up in the notes. It's a tall order early in the day, but it's a long day. Moving right along. Now we get into the early thoughts, and this is interesting stuff. You can read as much of the commentary as you like, pause the video along the way. I'm going to point out some important things. Right here, we've got SPY 326.50, which we'll be familiar with from yesterday, and 326, give or take. So let's go see what that produced right out of the gate. Again, this is long before the market even opened for business. We're all familiar with the routine right of the vertical is today's activity five-minute chart. Here's what we've got. The blue line is 326. The line that was on the chart for days and days and days is 326.52. You saw that in the pre-market, and guess what? What was the low of day? 325.86, 14 cents below, 326 provided long before the market opened for business. That deserves... Uh, how you doing? Here we can see the rest of the early commentary and then we'll scroll up again and the day gets underway. Right out of the gate in the first few minutes, just some back and forth. It was rather quiet. Not much was going on. Patience is a virtue. Patience is required in this business. You have to wait for the market to tell you the storyline. If you guess and you jump in and you anticipate and you project, guess what? It's a recipe for you-know-what, another pie in the face. And then you see up at 949, WKHS is classified as a winner. We'll get back to stocks on the move later. Moving right along. By 950, we can generally count on one, and here it is. There's our shakeout operation. You see that kind of terminology repeated in the notes almost every day. We're always on the lookout, and it is an awareness for what? A shakeout operation. Exactly what is a shakeout operation? When the market opens, you get some Johnny-come-latelys. People chase whichever way the market is going. Invariably, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew is going to whip those people out of their positions while a shakeout operation gets underway. Whether the market starts down and the shakeout ends up in the other direction, or the market starts up and the shakeout ends up in the southern direction, either way, it's still the same thing. A shakeout operation. Then the market settles in, picks a storyline, and goes. And that's why we wait for the storyline. If you have the patience and the numbers, that's a recipe for success. Here you see, there's our gap fill. The gap fill is represented by the closing price yesterday, which was in fact 327.02. We'll call it 327 for argument's sake. And the low in this candle was what? 327 on the button. They fill the gap, and they rally away. Does that happen every single day? No. Does that happen a lot of the time? Yes. So therefore, it's an awareness 
that it happens a lot of the time. Moving right along. 10 o'clock, notice again, we're bringing up 326.50, precisely 52. They can revisit, that was the gap from yesterday. So in a sense, they're running a test. Garden variety market behavior. Let's scroll up a little bit. You can pause the video, read the notes at your leisure. Again, playing games, 327, 326.52. We know the numbers. The market is visiting the numbers. It's testing the numbers. And when they begin trading away from and closing hourly above these numbers, that's telling us something. It's the market's way of giving us the storyline. So what you'll see is as we scroll up, which we're doing again, the more time they spend trading above important numbers, the more the next important numbers come into view. They get put on the table. They start trading away from some important numbers that were important on the downside. They start trading away up north. It opens the door for the targets on the north side, which were what? Of course, a big fat round number of 330, and then the gap fill at 330.67. Let's scroll up, and you're going to see a lot of that discussed as the morning gets old, and as the afternoon begins, what you'll see is we're targeting those numbers all day long. And when you pause the video and read and go back to the charts, what you'll see is as long as certain things were happening, as long as certain numbers were being closed hourly above, candles closing above short term and then hourly candles, then the market was going to grind higher close below certain numbers and something different is happening and a different schematic is put on the table. By 220, here you have a cooperating market. She's doing everything as advertised. Again, pause the video, read the notes. Don't take my word for it. Double check the work. Go back to the charts, see exactly what happened after the notes were posted. 345, mission complete, gap filled. 330.67. Back to the chart. The blue line is moved to 330.67. The gap, you can see what happened. It acted magnetic. It was a destination. The market ran to its destination and had a slight reaction in the other direction, running out the clock at the end of the day. This was basically into the closing bell minus a few minutes. Here's a 120-minute chart. We're going to give it a different look for a moment or just a look from a different angle. So let's focus on the 50-period moving average that's sloping downward. It's the blue line. 335.98 was where it closed today. And you have the 200-period moving average sloping across 334 and a quarter, basically. So if we're going to project, and I just told you not to project, but we're just projecting a little bit for hypothetical purposes this is not projecting taking a trade during the day. This is projecting a what if. So we have to be prepared for what if the market gets up to this spot sooner than later. You can see a convergence of moving averages developing 336, 334 and a quarter. Call it 335. Just split the difference. It's also into a breakdown area. The market broke down from this area. It's going to be, as time goes on, a convergence of these moving averages. So we can also see another reason why, and this is where we get into that full stack thing. The more reasons you have stacked on top of each other, why a particular area would be or should be support or resistance, the more full stack you have, the more probabilities are in your favor that that is. 
and will be overhead resistance up in that zone. We'll just call it 335 for argument's sake. We'll put a line on the chart. We'll leave it there. We'll see what happens over the next day or two or three. Market's probably not going to go in a straight line. Don't forget, you're going to find that the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew will likely show up at some point wreaking havoc on Johnny-come-latelys. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Not so robust of a snapback, if you will. So the IWM seems to be lagging a little bit while on par, for the most part, in percentage terms with the S&P 500, the chart has a different look. This daily chart has a different look. It's beginning, and this is only the beginning. Everything can change with one day or even one hour's worth of trading, but it's the beginning of a potential bear flag pattern developing from this most recent move downward, hovering above the convergence of the 200 period and 100 period moving averages right around 145, give or take. What has to happen in the IWM for it to wipe off this, at least for now, this bearish, flaggish kind of pattern thing? It has to get above and begin closing hourly and then certainly daily above 150.26, which is this candle high. Once it does that, it opens the door for the gap. The gap is not close by, but it opens the door and they can begin grinding higher. You generally will get somewhat of a little bit of a short squeeze once you get into that no man's land above yesterday's high and below the gap. That's generally what happens. And guess what? That's pretty much what happened in the SPY today. Wasn't a fast and furious squeeze, but what happens is when the gap is on the table, meaning the destination is north, the pull is to the north, the closer they get to the gap, the more magnetic the gap becomes, and then what? They go fill the gap. Once again, we take a look at the RSP equal weight S&P index, much more representative of the S&P and the breadth of the S&P, and guess what? Here we go again, acts more like the IWM day in and day out than it does a mirror image of the SPY, which it is not. Nothing directly we can do with this information, but I really do like watching this index because I think ultimately, until and unless we see the breath expand and this index begin to move higher, then there's trouble in paradise. If we do see this index move higher and the breath across the S&P 500 does improve, that'll be a tell as well. We don't care which way the tell is. Again, remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We just want to be correct. We don't care whether we're a bull. We don't care whether we're a bear. We just want to make money. That's it. We're not looking to marry these stocks. We're not looking to marry the market. We're looking to borrow it for a trade and give it back. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, here's what we have in the making. Same routine. Until and unless they get above yesterday's high, then this could be forming a bearish, wedgish kind of thing. So if that happens, we're going to be setting up for another leg downward. This would be a move down, a bearish, wedgish kind of thing, a bearish, flaggish kind of thing, and an ensuing or continuation move down Ultimately, they would fill the gap down here, spiking through the 50-period moving average, which is sloping upward as time goes along. And that, my friends, is Garden Variety Chart Analysis. 
By the way, we had a couple of updates. We're not going to lose sight of the weekly charts. We'll take a look at the weekly charts later in the week. But keep in mind, we're pretty far away from home base and all the other moving averages. So, from a weekly chart perspective, the transports, for example, can come down quite a bit and still stay bullish on the weekly chart. Remember, we have a breakout above this breakdown candle on a weekly basis. The high of this candle is 10,698 and change. As long as they stay above this, there's no recapture and there's technically nothing wrong with the market or this chart on a weekly basis. Food for thought. We look at both sides, we play the umpire, we call them as we see them. How about the Qs, the folks out in Silicon Valley? Nice big snapback day for the Qs, up almost 2%, one and three quarter percent, $4.64, right up into its 50 period moving average. A natural area of A, magnetism, and B, overhead resistance. Will they gap above it tomorrow? Will it be resistance for another day or two? We don't know that, but it's food for thought. If they gap above it, there is an unfilled gap right here at 274.61. Looks like it was filled on the chart. It was not. It will be filled as long as they keep going. And if they get above the gap, then they'll go to that breakdown candle high. That high comes in at 280.36. We'll just call it 280, give or take for argument's sake. It's a big if, it's a tall order. We're just telling you what happens if something happens, then there's another thing to look forward to. That's the way the market works. We have divergence. The XLF, the financials, are still struggling below all the moving averages on the daily chart. Do they want to get to 23? We've been looking at 23. We've been waiting for 23. We're waiting to buy 23 with three hands. Are they going to 23? Can't say that for sure. I'm still interested in 23. It's interesting though, the financials are not a participant in the upside. Is this just a dead cat bounce with another leg lower? We have the awareness without the financials participating over the broader picture. A couple of days here and there, we can certainly live with divergences, but it's unlikely that the financials are going to be melting away and the rest of the market is going to be going up. It's just unlikely. So we put this on the table as a puzzle piece. The financials are not participating. It's an awareness. I still like 23 in the financials. And then we have good old Smash Mouth up less than 1% today, quite a bit less than the tech sector as a whole. But we know the story with the Qs. They're top heavy with a handful of stocks, the names we know. We know the names. But Smash Mouth looks like the majority of the other major indice charts with some exception. No revelation. It's not telling us anything specific one way or another. So what do we do? You got it. We move it along. I get a lot of questions about covering gold. So for today, we'll cover GLD. Why not? The question is, is gold still in an uptrend? Is gold bottomed? Can we buy gold? Where can we buy gold? All those questions. So let's get that out of the way. Let's take a look first at the weekly chart. So we have this nice big juicy gap here, 178.70. So the gap was filled. We're below the gap. If they continue below the gap and they close the week below the gap, what's the prevailing wisdom? A, they'll come at least into the 20 period moving average 
or B, they'll go to the low of the last breakup candle. The low happens to be 170.27. So give or take, we'll call it 170. Now we use the weekly chart to identify, give or take, an important spot, the same technique that we use all the time. Doesn't matter what chart, doesn't matter what market, doesn't matter what time frame, all charts act and react the same way. Where do you learn that? In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, we prove the point. Now that we've identified the spot on the weekly chart, let's go back to the daily and see what kind of feedback we get. What's that look like? It looks like a former breakout area. The market ran up to this spot and it basically ate time off the clock and then it broke out. So if it came back to that same location, what would that normally do? It would normally be support. It would normally create a buying opportunity. So, can the market bounce before 170? Can gold start back up before 170? Of course it can. However, if we find gold at 170 or GLD at 170, guess what? Get out that third hand again. You're buying with three hands. Gold is in a long-term sustained uptrend. Nothing's changed. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss, so we're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.